Come home, come home. You who are weary, come home. Earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling. Calling, O sinner, come home. In Horton Foote's 1985 film, The Trip to Bountiful, the elderly Mama Watts sings these words to herself while on a bus to see her hometown for the first time in decades. And beside her sits the young Thelma, played by Rebecca de Mornay. And she listens to Mama Watts as she sings and then says, Oh my, that's beautiful. What is that? To which Mama Watts, played by Geraldine Page, who won a Best Actress Award for her turn as Mama Watts, to which Mama Watts responds, it's called Softly and Tenderly, and it's my favorite hymn. Many of you, I imagine, have seen this classic film. And thus you'll recall that softly and tenderly, Mama Watts' favorite hymn is a musical motif that weaves its way through the entire film. For not only does the melody recur frequently as the story unfolds, but the very plot itself, the story of an elderly woman who pines to return to the place that formed her, to return to the place that holds for her her most profound memories, to return to the place that no matter how long she might have now lived elsewhere, that nonetheless will always be home for her. The very plot of the film itself is built around the haunting message of this classic hymn as it calls out to Mama Watts, come home. Come home. You who are weary, come home. And so in the film does Mama Watts come home. And so too today do we as Boulevard Baptist Church come home. But I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm not quite ready to talk about that yet. So for now, let me shift gears and let me tell you a story. About two years ago now, while I was pastoring First Baptist Church of Corbin, Kentucky, we had a family join us for worship one Sunday that no one in the congregation could recognize. And they were quite visible that morning because they sat in the second pew from the front and with as many as 12 among them, they were hard to miss. And for a town and a church used to recognizing most every visitor. Everyone was curious throughout the service as to who this large family was. Well, it turns out that it was a family whose matriarch had grown up in Corbin, but had moved away when she was in middle school. And now, 70 years later, she was back in town for the first time since moving away. A cousin had just passed, the last remaining relative 
in Corbin. And so she decided that she wanted to come to the funeral and what's more that she wanted to bring her family with her so that she could show them the town in which she had grown up. Now the funeral, the family told me, had been on Saturday, the day before, but she'd had the family stay overnight so that they could attend the Sunday worship service at the church where she had grown up. First Baptist Church of Corbin, Kentucky. Well, so it was that as the service ended, the family came forward to introduce themselves to me and to tell me about how much our church had meant to their mother slash grandmother as a child. And then finally, they let the elderly woman speak for herself. Here's the first thing she said to me. Pointing with a shaky finger just over my shoulder, she said, Almost 70 years ago to the day, I was baptized right there. And as she said the words, her bottom lip began to quiver. And I could tell that she was caught by surprise at how emotional the sentence she'd just spoken had made her. It was a hot June day, she said. I was 11 years old, and again she pointed to the baptistry, and it happened right there. I won't belabor the story any further this morning, but suffice it to say that I spent the next 30 minutes touring this woman and her family around the church, and it will always remain a very beautiful memory for me. But the reason I bring up the story this morning is so as to underscore the significance of the words this woman spoke to me and the emotions they engendered as she pointed to that baptistry and said, several years ago, I was baptized right there. Okay, enough of that story for now. Let me shift gears and now let me tell you another story. This time story about myself. Growing up, I attended a home church, a church that literally met in people's homes. Then later in my teenage years, I bounced around from church to church, all of them no older than perhaps a decade or so. And before continuing onward with this story, I hasten to now add my upbringing in the faith was delightful. I have Wonderful memories from all of those different church contexts. I was taught about Jesus. I was shown wonderful models of Christ-like love and service. I was exposed to worship that animated the passionate element of my particular temperament. Some of y'all may have noticed I have a passionate register that I can tap into from time to time. But one thing that was lacking though I didn't know it at the time, was a sense of stability in my worshiping community. A sense of constancy. A sense of sturdiness and anchor and ballast and foundation. For again, none of these churches was more than a decade or so old. And so here now is why any of this is relevant. 
Suddenly, around the time that I began to discern a call to ministry, I was given the opportunity to serve in a pastoral role at a historic church in downtown Greensboro, North Carolina. And while I was not yet ordained as a minister, the church offered me an opportunity to work there and to discern my sense of call as one. Now, I took that job so that I could have a paycheck while attending divinity school. However, that job quickly became much more than a paycheck to me. For not only was my sense of call confirmed for me while working there, but that church provided me with mentors and friendships that I cherish to this day, and with an appreciation for liturgical worship that informs the way that I now lead and participate in worship, and perhaps most significantly, and certainly most significantly for the purposes of this sermon, that church introduced me to the kind of constancy and stability and foundation in a worshiping community that I didn't even know that I needed. And so here then is the story I bring this all up so as to tell you. One Sunday morning, about two years into my time at that church, I was serving in a leadership role in that Sunday morning's worship service. My dear friend and mentor, Neil Dunavant, the executive pastor of the church, was preaching. And while I don't remember Neil's scripture text from that morning, I do remember the message of his sermon. It was a sermon on the importance of having a place to call home. And thus the hymn that we sang after his sermon concluded was, quite naturally, softly and tenderly. Now I had, of course, heard this hymn countless times in my life, knew the lyrics forward and backward, upside down and inside out. But as we began singing the hymn together that day, and as I looked out from my place atop the chancel, and as I surveyed the faces of so many whom I had come to love and cherish in that church, their hymnals in their hands and their souls at worship, and as I looked out and surveyed that centuries-old sanctuary, and as I realized that just like these worshipers I was seeing before me now, so too had their parents and their parents' parents and their parents' parents' parents worshipped in this exact same way, in this exact same spot. And then moreover, as I realized that in the same way, so too would their children worship in this same way, in this same spot and their children's children, and their children's children's children, suddenly as I realized all of this, suddenly a longing I had never even known existed in me felt met for the first time. You see, for the first time in my life, I felt at home in a church. Not because I, for the first time, felt spiritually edified in a church. I'd felt spiritually edified in almost every church I'd ever been in. No, instead, because for the first time, I knew I was worshiping in a church that, come what may, 
would still be standing there tomorrow. That I was worshiping in a church with a history, with a story. That I was worshiping in a church with a sense of purpose far bigger than how many are showing up on any given Sunday. Or how alive does the worship make me feel? Or how big is the budget? Or how much am I being edified by the experience? I suddenly felt at home because for the first time, I knew I was worshiping in a church where the people in it had been coming generation in and generation out to humbly be part of a story far bigger than themselves. And it meant everything to me. And so as I sang those familiar lyrics that day, they took on a far more profound meaning for me than they'd ever had before. Come home, come home, I heard myself sing. All you who are weary, come home. Earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling. Calling for you to come home. Now I'll come back to both of those stories momentarily. But enough for story hour. Let's look together now at our gospel lesson for today. Here in Mark chapter 4, Jesus tells his famous parable of the potentiality of a seed. Certain seeds, Jesus teaches, fall in unhospitable soil. Either the surface where they fall is too rough to ever pierce through, or the soil is too shallow for the seed to take root, or the, thor- excuse me, or the soil has thorns and brambles that choke the roots before they can become fully established. Regardless the reason, Jesus teaches, these seeds never really flourish, never really last, because they don't have the proper soil, the proper foundation. But other seeds, Jesus teaches, find hospitable soil. And those seeds, therefore, produce a sizable crop, yielding in some cases even a hundredfold return. End of parable. It's the first parable Jesus teaches in Mark's gospel. And there are many ways in which this parable is instructive for us as Christ followers. But for our purposes this morning, I want simply to talk about how this parable bespeaks the importance of having a place of worship we can truly call home. Not just a place where we can be edified or educated or excited or entertained, but a place we can depend on to be there, even if we leave it for 70 years. Remember now that woman who came to visit us in Corbin? Let's talk about her some more. You see, the reason that woman got so suddenly emotional when she pointed to the baptistry of our church was not just because she was remembering with nostalgia the moment of her baptism, 
It's because she was looking at the exact place in which that baptism happened. It was still there. And thus, after all of these years, after seeing it all that time through the lens of her memory, here it now was for her, in precisely the same place it was the day that she was baptized in it 70 years earlier, like a rock, like an anchor, like a sure foundation, here still stood a place she could return to even despite the tumults of time. Do you follow that? And thus, like Mama Watts in the trip to Bountiful, she was suddenly overtaken by emotion at the sight of something so anchoring for her, something so foundational for her. For a brief moment, no matter how much time had elapsed in between, she was standing on solid ground. That is why tears bit at the corners of her eyes as she pointed to that baptistry. And that, to tie this all together, is why I felt overcome by belonging that day in Greensboro when our church together sang softly and tenderly. It's because in a world where the tumults of time sweep so much away from us, in a world where change is constant and where the ground seems to be ever shifting beneath our feet, It's because in such a world, we long for a place that is constant. A place where whenever we feel the longing well up in us to come home, whether that day is today or whether that day is 70 years from now, whenever we feel that longing well up in us, we yearn for a place that we know without question will be right there waiting for us when we return. Am I right? In other words, we long for a place like Boulevard Baptist Church. And thus this very experience I have been describing in this sermon is the experience many of us are right now undergoing. For after 16 Sundays in exile, 16 Sundays of being removed from this place where so many of us find our deepest sense of belonging. Today, many of us are back together in this familiar place. Today, many of us have at least momentarily come home. And thus, it's a powerful moment. But we must understand, it's not just the experience of worship that makes this a powerful moment. It's not my sermon, or the songs we hear, or the prayers that we pray. So much more than all of that, it's the context in which it is all happening. It's not so much this beautiful building. It's instead the beautiful story that this beautiful building holds. It's not just that we've returned to our house of worship today. It's instead that today, 
we have come home. Weary and heavy laden, we have come home. Am I right? But having said that, here's the thing. Just like the Israelites in Ezra chapter 3 returned from their experience of exile and excited about being back home just like them, so too does our experience of returning home today feel for us incomplete, lacking, different. And how could it not? For we're not all here. And for those of us who are here, we are not worshiping the way we're accustomed to worshiping. And thus, while many of us do feel a powerful sense of homecoming this morning, we do not feel the joy and jubilation we so deeply desire for it. And that's only to be expected. For home here will not truly feel like home for us until the day when our whole congregation can be here together for it. And when we're once more holding our hymnals in our hands. And when our choir is once more back in the choir loft. And when no one is wearing masks. And when we're not afraid to shake hands or give hugs. Until that day, any homecoming will feel to us lacking. Until that day, we will feel the same sense of incompleteness that the Israelites felt when first they returned to Jerusalem. And that is why the parable of the seed is so powerful for us today as the community of faith at Boulevard Baptist Church. The parable of the seed is so powerful for us today because it is our assurance that that day will come no matter what. For you see, whether that day of jubilant homecoming is months from now or years from now, and pray God let it not be years from now, You see, no matter how much longer this period of waiting drags on, one thing we know for sure is that come that day, Boulevard Baptist Church will still be right here where it has been since 1953 and where it will be come 2053 and where the simple work of Christian discipleship will continue forward until the day Christ Lord our Jesus, I'll try that again, until Christ Jesus our Lord comes in glory. That might sound like a given, like a banality, but I assure you it's not. For as alive and as vibrant as so many churches around the world might seem, they're not all planted in the same hospitable soil as Boulevard is. Trust me, I know from experience. 
And thus what we have to understand and what we have to appreciate is that here at Boulevard, we don't just have a church. Here at Boulevard, we have a home. And the difference, my friends, is all the difference in the world. One is always there for you in the moment. But the other will be there for you even when the moment has passed. That's what we have. I close by saying this. At the end of the trip to Bountiful, Mama Watts is sitting with her grown son, Ludie, on the steps of their old, now dilapidated house. And they're discussing how the town has dried up and how different everything now seems. And together they are grieving and lamenting it. But then Mama Watts points to the trees and the fields there before them. And suddenly she begins to reflect on how no matter what might come of the town, these trees will go on bearing fruit and thus the deeper reality of Bountiful Texas will continue forward into the future no matter what. will continue to remain bountiful. That the film is trying to get us to see is what it means to know a place as home. That it is to realize that no matter what might happen in one's life, that no matter how much time might intervene, that no matter how much one might have been changed in the interval, that no matter how much time might have changed that which they have left, That no matter whether a pandemic sets in that keeps a community of faith away from its sanctuary for 16 weeks or 16 years, that still, home is a place to which one can always return, knowing that in such return one will find anchor and stability and foundation and rest. Would that we'd know. Would that we'd appreciate, dear family, the Boulevard Baptist Church is such a place. Therefore, let us close this service by singing together these words that whether we are here in this sanctuary together today or whether we are worshiping together via live stream, let us join together around these words that in a time when we are all weary, these words that remind us of the sure foundation we have together at Boulevard, singing, come home, come home. All you who are weary, come home. Earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling. Calling, O Boulevard. Come home. Amen.